I got a few announcements before we jump in today. Um, we have our last meetings of neighborhood collectives for the summer next weekend. So next Sunday and next Monday, our neighborhood collectives gather for dinner, prayer, and discussion. Uh, we're gonna, then we're going to take a break, and we're going to be re- starting those again. The, ne- the next season will start in the fall, uh, September-ish. Uh, but we hope you'll join us. Uh, if you haven't had the opportunity yet, join us either at the living room on Sunday night or Ian and Andrea Howard's house on Monday night. If you want to get connected to those, fill out a connection card. We'd love to have your info so that you're in the loop on Restore Happenings and Restore Events. Speaking of events, uh, we have one right after our worship gathering tonight. We are having, uh, we want to honor our team members who serve in Kid City and Environment Team uh, with dinner. It's going to be at the living room. We've got some really fun uh, uh, we got a fun game. We're going to do a scavenger hunt. We also have some really exciting announcements to share. And we have free food. And I said earlier that it's being catered by Italian Kitchen, which is true if you count pizza as uh, fitting into the category of catering. Um, it's good pizza, though. So we hope you'll join us for that. We're going to have some other food as well. Uh, child care is provided, if you're wondering that. So adults, feel free to bring the kiddos. We've got a, a child care team in there as well. And um, you'll notice we have kids up here this summer. We're taking, um, we do have nursery provided, but in the summertime we have our elementary age kids up here in our worship gathering with us, and we're excited about that. That's it for announcements. Um, I have a resource that I've been using throughout this series. It's a really practical uh, Kindle book. It's real short. It's called What Are the Spiritual Gifts by J.D. Myers. And um, I use this book to kind of just for basic definitions on, on, on these different spiritual gifts that we see listed throughout Scripture. I like his angle on it. I'm picky about context and about how people view Scripture. And I think, um, I had not heard of J.D. Myers before this, but I, I read a few different books and I thought this, this is the most practical and I, th- I think the most uh, historically accurate angle uh, on what the spiritual gifts are. So we've been doing this series called Brilliant. <clears throat> and what we see is God dispersing different gifts to humanity. And I was reminded of the gift of an alarm clock this morning, all right? Have you guys ever overslept to the point of it made you incredibly late for work or something? Um, It's a terrifying thing. And it happened to me this morning for the first time in 14 years. I overslept, at least that I can remember. And I was preaching at another church this morning. And that's like my worst nightmare. I have like a very few recurring nightmares. One of them is that I oversleep and I'm late to preach at our church or some other church. The other one is that I forget to print my notes. Like I, I, I go up on stage and my notes are gone or I forgot to print them and I can't remember anything I was going to say and I don't have this safety net. And it happened this morning. My alarm didn't go off and uh, I was supposed to be at this church at 10 o'clock in Columbia Heights, and I woke up at 9.17, and it was terrible. And I'm like, alarm clocks are great when they come through, all right, when they actually go off when you set them to go off. Um, that's a cheesy introduction, but it just is fresh on my mind because of the traumatic awakening I had this morning. There are gifts that God gives us. I mean, we think about, like, thank God for the Internet, Unless you're on, like, Twitter, and then you're like, eh, I'm not so hot on the internet with what people put on there. But we have all these different comforts and gifts in our life. There's something, like, different, though, with the spiritual gifts. It, they are less tangible. They're more supernatural. They're more mystical. 
And God, in his wisdom, disperses these through the Holy Spirit. And so we do have natural gifts, but these are supernatural gifts. Um, there's more to, they're, they're, they're a, a thread that we see throughout the New Testament that God has given of power and gifting. And some people even think they're extinct. Uh, we don't at Restore. We think they're living and active and that when we activate them, when we are self-aware and we realize what gifts we've been given and we use them as a community, that something really heavenly happens in, the, in our midst and together and for people around us. So over the coming few weeks, we're going to uh, finish up this series talking about the different spiritual gifts um, that we see throughout Scripture. They fit together like a puzzle. They're truly complementary. And today's Scripture, uh, I want to read Romans chapter 12, verses 4 through 8. Paul mentioned some of them some of them here a couple that we're going to talk about today not all of them but just gives us a feel for how these are meant to go together he writes just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function so it is with christ's body we are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other and in his grace god has given us different gifts for doing certain things well So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. I love Dallas Willard's definition of a spiritual gift. He says, it's a particular function in which supernatural power is exercised. And then Paul also wrote a more lengthy description of what the spiritual gifts are in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And to summarize what they're for, like what they are and what they're for, uh, I want to repeat some of these things that I've mentioned in previous weeks. Spiritual gifts, first, they are not inherently natural. All right? They are given as an empowerment by the Holy Spirit. They're not possible by just mere natural effort. They're distributed by the Holy Spirit. They're not in creation. Like when we look back at Genesis 1 and 2 when God put the world together, they're, they're not mentioned because everything was as it should be. Now we do have them in the New Testament because God is working through those, through our gifts together as a church to bring humanity and the world back into union with each other and with God. It's They are designed to help piece the world back together again, to restore. Second, Paul reveals why they exist. In uh, in in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he says they exist for the growth and the health of the church. And then later in a different chapter, he reveals they also exist to bring more people into relationship with Christ. And then third, he emphasizes that the gifts should not be neglected or compete with one another. All right, he also alludes to the fact that you may have gifts you don't necessarily want. All right? This is why Paul takes the focus off the individual and consistently reminds us, particularly in the book of Corinthians, that these gifts are given for the communal good. They are meant to be submitted. All right, sacrifice is part of our uh, ethos as Christians. So recognizing and activating your spiritual gifts is an act of submission. To the Holy Spirit. So over the coming weeks, I'm going to attempt to continue to define these different spiritual gifts, and it would do us well to continue to consider how are these going to play out in my marriage, how are these going to play out in my friendships, my neighborhood, my workplace, my family, 
consider these, I've said this the last few weeks, you are each a minister of the gospel of Christ, living in, you're playing your part in the story of God bringing the, um, heaven to earth, bringing humanity and uh, the earth and God back into order. So you're a minister, the spiritual gifts are tools in your tool belt. All right, they're not your identity, they're just tools that God has given you to use to participate. So there are 26 spiritual gifts, and I tried to break them down into different categories. We have the heavenly spiritual gifts, which is discernment, faith, miracles, interpretation, and tongues. We've got the practical spiritual gifts, which we talked about those last week, giving, administration, leadership, knowledge, and wisdom. The physical spiritual gifts, this is what we talked about the first week, service, craftsmanship, creative communication, healing, and helping. And then we have the next level gifts, which um, are big ones. Martyrdom, voluntary poverty, celibacy, and prophecy. And then this week's group that we're going to talk about are the relational gifts. Apostleship, exhortation, hospitality, mercy, and teaching. And if you want to catch up, if you want to listen to um, the physical gifts or the practical gifts, they're on our, our website or on you can listen on the app. One particular aspect I want to explore each week with these gifts is how does each gift have a supernatural effect on the world? And I want to begin with apostleship, which is an ability, a desire, and a willingness to be sent. Someone with the gift of expansion into new relational territory, outside of the box problem solving, and connecting with new people groups. So when I think of people who have this spiritual gift, I think of Lenise Rojas, who we're connected to with City of Refuge and her ministry to Central and South American refugees. She's got this gift. She is a go-getter, a problem problem solver. She uses her connections to serve her community's needs, both spiritually and practically. She thinks outside of the box of like government and cultural rules and to just bring heaven to earth to these refugees and we need more of that and I think of like there's a group of us from our church and from the Foundry Church in Baltimore we're leaving in three weeks to go serve our Greek ministry partners in Katerina Greece as they minister to Syrian refugees and Afghan refugees their names are Antigonus and Mural and I think of them uh, you know what they do there and their vision for how to reach new people groups is this pool of refugees from the Middle East that just kind of flooded into Greece. This is very new territory, and we get to participate through their efforts as a church and as people who go over there. The shadow side, and I also want to explore that for each gift, because we can operate with these gifts, but when we do it outside of the Holy Spirit's leading, bad things can happen. So the shadow side of apostleship is when you're operating outside of the Holy Spirit's leading, apostles can take unnecessary risks. And my wife's probably going to like nod her head a lot as I'm talking about these because I have the spiritual gift and there's been shadow sides of it. Unnecessary risks run too far ahead. Like apostles have this tendency to just take off running and not really care if anybody's following. Like I'm going, you guys can come if you want. And that can be problematic, all right? particularly if you're in a leadership position or trying to influence others. They can go too far outside of the box. Um, they like to break rules. Let me give you an example of the shadow side that just popped into my head. We moved in this new neighborhood, and you can park on the street. And the, the county just came and put no parking signs 
up on our side of the street. And I'm like, I, I don't really have a problem with that. The problem I had was they put it right in the middle of my, like the front of my house, like this eyesore. And without really considering the effects or ramifications, I dug it up and put it in my garage because I didn't want it in my front yard. And if the county wants to come back and put it someplace else, I'll tell them where they can, where else they can put it that would be acceptable. Problematic. Don't really think about the con- This is what happens when the Holy Spirit is not leading with the gift of apostleship. As they start thinking about how to solve problems and they don't really think about the ramifications that might happen. Um, it can be dangerous to them. It can be harmful to anyone following them. So just something to be aware of. Uh, the second spiritual gift is exhortation. To come alongside someone with words of encouragement, comfort, consolation, and counsel. To help them be all God wants them for them to be. The Greek word that talks about exhortation is uh, paraklesis, which means calling to one side. So just as others serve with their hands, these people serve with their words. And you can probably think of someone you know who has that gift of words of encouragement. And I think of two people that some of you probably know. One of them is right here, Shannon Little, and then Christy Prendergast, uh, a good friend of ours who used to be a Restore member. I mean, just a few weeks ago, Christy sent Carrie and I a really encouraging text. And I'm telling you, the timing of people who have the gift of exhortation, it's always supernatural. You, it's the kind of people, they say something to you, and the words they use, you're like, I really needed to hear that. And you don't even realize you needed to hear it sometimes. And you read these things, or they say them to you, and you feel, feel, feel the Spirit of God entering your life. And Christy did that just a few weeks ago. Um, Shana did that last night, sending a text to Carrie. Uh, and they just have a way with words, a gift of sharing cur- uh, uh, comfort and encouragement with people. And it's honestly hard, like when it comes to the shadow side of this gifting, it's hard to really think of one. Because I'm like, who doesn't love to hear warm words of encouragement and counsel um, and comfort? Uh, the only potential shadow side that comes to mind is... Uh, when we use using words of encouragement with a person because it's comfortable, when really what they might need is kind of like a verbal slap in the face, like a challenge. Like I can, I, that's the only shadow side I could think of if someone is doing something they shouldn't be doing, and they just need to be called out for it. Um, that that would be the only shadow side I could think of. Hospitality is the third gift today to warmly welcome people even strangers, into one's home as a means of serving people in need of food, lodging, or support. It literally translates as love of stranger. And Henry Noun has a great definition of hospitality. He says, hospitality means primarily the creation of free space where the stranger can enter and become a friend instead of an enemy. Hospitality is not to change people, but to offer them space where change can take place. It is not to bring men and women over to our side. I think that is a really beautiful definition. And I can't think of help uh, of, or I can't but help think of one of my closest friends and Carrie's closest friends, Paige Tornberg. Paige and her husband, Casey, are two of our closest friends from when we lived in Arizona. And um, Paige has this spiritual gift, maybe more than anybody I know. Uh, You can feel, when you enter their home, you can feel supernatural hospitality. Your whole mood changes when you walk into their house. And so I called her this week out of the blue. I'm like, hey, I need, uh, I need some material from a, a wise person that's got the spiritual gift of hospitality. 
And in true page fashion, I said, hey, can you give me like two or three sentences of things you talk, like you think about when it comes to hosting people? And she gave me an entire page. So I'm just going to read it to you guys because it's really good. So, and she says some nice things in here, which I, she said I had to read. So the gift of hospitality. She says it's a spiritual gift. A spiritual gift comes natural. Um, it's a gift. We can take zero credit for it. Growing up, I never realized what my gift was. I mean, there are so many other more noticeable, talented gifts. I guess I felt a little lost in that department until I was married and had a home of my own. Using my home as a ministry was something that took time to hit me. Feedback from friends and family who would always comment on how welcoming our home is and how they enjoyed staying with us made me realize this may be the way God is using me. This may be my gift. And now, married over 18 years, I realize with a grateful heart this gift of hospitality is important. A few things that I think of when I know we will be hosting a gathering or having people stay with us. I pray for the people. Pray they feel Christ once they enter our home. I pray relationships strengthen during their stay at our home. Use what God has given us to bless others. This is a key thought that I carry in preparing for company. I make them feel comfortable. If they are overnight guests, I make sure bedding is freshly washed and they're washed and their room feels cozy. Towels are clean and extra travel-sized toiletries are set out. Scripture on my walls, I decorate with God's word. This is powerful in a home. It allows people to see your faith without you having to say a word. Paul writes in Ephesians, we are to take the sword of the spirit, the word for God, keeping it on the forefront of our minds and to resist the enemy. Food, thoughtfully thinking of what your guest enjoys is important. Meals are one of the most common ways we can connect with others. If they know you prepared something, they love it. They love, it makes it that much more special. They feel love. They feel God's love working through you. Um, Jesus just met many physical needs and healing and showing up. Our goal is to reflect his ways, and this is just one way I try to honor him. I try to be open and ready and available for God to use our home. He takes us by surprise at times in life. Be ready for him to use your home to bless others at a moment's notice. If you do not have the spiritual gift or this does not come easy to you, God can still use your home. Try opening it up more often and praying for guidance as he strengthens this area in your life. I may not be a pastor or an author, but I can still preach and write. And she says, sending love to all my fellow believers, praying for you all. I hope you all know how incredibly blessed you are to have Aaron and Carrie Thomas as your pastors. And then she put in parentheses, you better say this, A.T. So I had to say it. Um, <laughs> she says, you know I've been in tears as I write this. Thank you for reaching out. It's Paige. Pretty much any time Paige and I talk, she cries. Um, <clears throat> so and she, it really is. Like whenever we go there, I remember one time she did our laundry. Like we didn't ask. She just, she just, made, just creates this unbelievably hospitable environment. Um, and it's truly a gift. And um, the shadow side of hospitality is kind of the reverse of the Henry Nouwen quote that I read earlier. Don't offer hospitality with expectations of change attached to it. Like no, don't have expectations of friendship. Just spirit-led hospitality is just unconditional and, and let God do any kind of change or work that he needs to do. And then the final one, or actually I have two more. Mercy is the next one. To be sensitive toward those who are suffering physically, spiritually, or emotionally. A person that feels genuine empathy and compassion. There's a weight inside of them. And I can't help but think of Mother Teresa, who spent most of her life as a Catholic nun serving the destitute in Calcutta, India. Uh, I remember the story of 
that I, I can't remember where I read it, but when donated shoes were given to her ministry, to her orphanage, she would let everyone else pick out shoes first. She would always go last, which meant she had the worst shoes, often way too small for her feet. This is what her feet looked like. You can see what kind of damage that did. And I think of mercy, and I'm like, wow, she has that kind of sensitivity towards people who are suffering, whether it's physically, spiritually, or emotionally. This is ability to be with people in their pain. The shadow side of, of being with someone in pain is not leading them out of that rut or giving them the space to do that. Be careful not to let empathy and compassion encourage someone to stay in the rut or the pain. They need to move. They need to heal. Additionally, people with the gift of mercy tend to take too much on themselves and not share the burden with the greater church community. Immature mercy thinks that I only care enough and therefore not trusting others to use their gifts uh, to serve people in need. And then the last one, teaching. To instruct others in a passionate, logical, succinct, and systematic way in order to communicate important information that fuels understanding, growth, and action. Often, this gift begins to expose fresh, Christ-like worldviews. So this gift is closely related to two gifts I talked about last week, knowledge and wisdom. All right. Oftentimes, people sense the need for change and repentance or movement in their life, and they just don't know how to catalyze the information and the intuition. And it, you've probably experienced that, where you felt like something was off, but you couldn't really figure out, okay, what should my next step be? Like, how do I navigate this? And mature disciples with the spiritual gifts of knowledge, wisdom, and teaching can really help us plot the route of discipleship movement, of responding in a healthy way, healthy strategy. They see angles. They see pitfalls. They're like the project managers of our spiritual lives. Like, that's a way to think of them. They just know how to plot things out. The shadow side could be they depend too much on their own knowledge and their own perspective. Uh, Mature teachers still have a humble and desperate dependence on the Holy Spirit. So to close, we just briefly touched on each one of those. And my hope throughout uh, this series is that when you hear one of these that you think, that's me. I think that God might have given me that gift. That's my hope, is that we start to like dust that off and remember the gifts that he's given us, who we are in his kingdom and the story we're meant to uh, participate in. So do you sense God leading you in one of these relational gifts? My, my hope is that you would respond to that, that there would be action and movement that would follow, because that's the essence of discipleship, faith and, then, and, and movement. And this is what our church community, this is what, when we respond to these, this is what makes our church community look more like Jesus. And that is what, and our church operating in that way brings more heaven to earth. So let's pray, and then we're going to sing one more song.